Again, welcome and thank you very much for hosting me, the opportunity to sit with all of you and um, address important subject, important topics. And uh, certainly yoga is very much at its... uh, Can you hear me? Good? Yes? At its heart is... uh, uh, dealing with and focused on the most important issues. It's, it's uh, centered yoga uh, on um, answering, really, the existential crisis that human life constitutes. And what I mean by that, of course, is that as human beings, we have questions that are unique to human society that are not that do not surface in the less complex forms of life and very simply put it is a difference between how questions and why questions so in the less complex forms of life there are there are how questions how to defend myself how to eat, how to mate, to find a mate. Hmm? Um, these kind of questions, as you may notice, the nature of them, the character of them, is that they pertain to the objective side of ourselves. What I mean by that is that we have a subjective side and an objective side. Hmm? The objective side would be the body kind of brain complex. Hmm? And it has questions, how to eat? How do I find a mate? These are questions that are coming from that. Hmm? They're coming from the, na- the natural world and not the trans-natural world, which I refer to here as the subjective world, hmm? the world of thought and and beyond hmm? thought and in a lower sense in, in being hmm? a being that is, is is beyond thought the limits of thought hmm? beyond the limits of of doing and thinking hmm? there is uh, an underlying existence hmm? and in human life questions about that come to the surface they don't come to the surface amongst the animals the reptiles, the plants, the aquatics the how questions are there and as you readily understand the natural world answers them automatically we also have how questions but we have a why question why am I this question surfaces and the reason according to the yoga uh, schools all of them that this question arises in human societies because something is arising in human society that that the less complex forms of life do not facilitate the, 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 the surfacing of Hmm? 
and that we call consciousness. This is purely subjective. That doesn't make it less, make it less important. <laughs> it makes it more important. <coughs> the subject is more important than the object, which is an object only in the eyes of the subject. You follow me? So, this is a very extraordinary time in which we live, human time. And, uh, and what we are, in a sense, trying to get our self around are these questions that, that, that aren't answered by the natural world, by the objective world. Hmm? Not to our full satisfaction. Hmm? Questions of why am I, purpose, meaning, value, in an overarching sense, the, 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 the key to the puzzle. Hmm? How does it fit together? Why does it work? We are troubled by these types of questions hmm? that you don't find, as I say, in the less complex forms of life. Hmm? And we, the natural world only seems to answer them in a Band-Aid type of solution to the cancer of the problem, if you will. I mean, it's a good problem, so the cancer is probably not a good analogy, but um, hmm. to the appetite. We have an appetite for why. Hmm? And the natural world answers by way of appetizers only. And a carrot, that if you just get more stuff, if you just do more, acquire more, then it'll, it'll all work. Of course, it that just makes more puzzles, more pieces to the puzzle, more... The, the, the nature in which we, 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 we seek to solve a very big issue, this very big issue of why hmm, in relation to the natural world the, the solutions that proffer, that, that, that come forth hmm, by looking for the answer on that side hmm, in the objective world the objective world the answers we get are something like this if you're carrying a, a burden on your shoulder and it's wear, weighing you down considerably Hmm? Well, you move it to the other shoulder. And after a while, you move it to your head. <laughs> and then it's back to the other shoulder. And this. So the, 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 a comprehensive solution, like I say, a full meal, hmm? a real answer to the existential crisis that human life is, why am I? Hmm? These are the questions I was speaking last night. I said the children ask, why? Hmm? The parents don't, don't ask that question. Just do it. Don't ask why. Who knows why? It's cute that he asks, that she asks, but we don't know the answers. To that. That's why you should stay young. You're always childlike. Hmm? Hmm. Ask the question why. This is what human life is for. And there are answers, but they don't come directly from the natural world. Hmm? The natural world pushes us in the direction of where we can find the answers. Hmm? And it is within ourself hmm? to an extent. And more so within the objective world that includes more than ourselves. 
and I'll explain what I mean by that as we go on. Hmm? I mean to say, briefly, there's a significant other, hmm? consciousness other, along with ourselves. And this makes for an equation that is that we call bhakti, which is similar to the idea of love, hmm? anandam. Hmm? This, uh, this kirtan is, that was a little introduction, the kirtan is, is a means to answer this question comprehensively. Hmm? And it doesn't come from the natural world, hmm? from the objective world. It comes from deep within the subjective world. There's a nice uh, Bengali song, Golokeru Premudhan Hari Nam Sankirtan. You know it? Golokeru Premudhan Hari Nam Sankirtan. This uh, san, what we just engage in, we call Sankirtan. Kirtan, kirtan comes from the Sanskrit verbal root uh, kirti. It means fame, like to give fame. So, in other words, to glorify another. Hmm? This is what it's about. That's why kirtan is never a form of entertainment. Hmm? And if we participated in it with a view to be entertained, we were participating in something else. Hmm? Because when we seek to be entertained, then we seek to be the center. Do hmm? you understand? Kirtan is for us, but and about us, but in another way it's not for us and it's not about us. Hmm? To know yourself, you have to focus outside of yourself in a sense. Hmm? Um, on the significant other, if you will, that uh, the source that we are, uh, the fire that we are, spark of consciousness hmm, issuing from. Hmm? The kirtan is meant to unite us with that uh, source, if you will, in a dynamic way. Hmm? And in the context of doing that, of course, end the problems of material existence and answer the questions of meaning and purpose in a way that, that, that um, we become, we, we get a full meal, we become satisfied. Layatmasam proceeded to one becomes. I mean satisfied. This is what we want. We want to be happy. Hmm? And we only want knowledge hmm, for the purpose of informing actions by which we will become happy. Hmm? Um, That would be perfect knowledge by which we can become perfectly happy. Hmm? Not perfect knowledge about every detail about how everything works necessarily, but... hmm? how we can become perfectly happy. So, I, ref- I refer to kirtan. We, we disengage in some kirtan. Kirtan means, as I say, to give, to, to, to glorify another. And uh, the implication is, of course, the significant other I refer to, our consciousness source. Hmm? Um, the verse I cite, the poem I cite, Goloker Premodhan Horinamsan Kirtan. It says that the wealth of the of the realm of the the center hmm, who is all attractive hmm, uh, has the 
spiritual magnetism, <laughs> if you will. This is uh, the definition of the, of the two-syllable word name, Krishna. Hmm? Krishna, all attractive. There is a center, and it is sustaining the circumference. Hmm? Without the, the integrity of the center, there will be no circumference. Hmm? So, that center as a sustainer, sustaining um, force, sustaining, nourishing, supporting, this takes on a positive context. All these words have a positive context. Sustain, to nourish, to support. Hmm? And the other side is to be nourished, to be sustained, to be support. It has a, a negative context. Neither one of them is negative or positive in in good or bad sense, uh, to be clear. Um, but this center uh, that there that sustains and holds the circumference, if you will, of the mandal of, of life in place, we might compare it to a positively charged and rather large magnet. And ourselves to magnetic flakes. That, in reality, have a negative charge, but somehow or other, we're conducting ourselves in such a way as, as if we have a positive charge, as if we are the doer, we are the sustainer, consciously or unconsciously, acting, conducting ourselves as which, as if we are the center. Hmm? A sense of self. Uh, that's uh, faulty, mm-hmm. erroneous. The world of the mind, mm-hmm. informed by the senses, that makes determinations, sankalpa vikalpa. I like this, I don't like that. This is good, this is bad. This is happy, this is sad. Is it hot in here? Depends who you ask. Which mind? Hmm? So, which of these determinations, happy, sad, hot, cold, which are correct, which give us a correct reading of the nature of of being, they're all faulty. Hmm? They're all filtered. Hmm? They're not unmediated. Hmm? Experiences of the nature of being. Hmm? And... To one extent or another, they put us at odds with one another. <coughs> this is problematic. So our sense of identity derived, and it is derived from this. What is our personality? Hmm. Our identity? It's, a, it's, a, it's barely a combination of, of our likes and dislikes. Hmm. That's what it is. And our, our sense of what is ours what is not ours, our mys, our I is constructed out of our sense of my. It's my country, so I am an American. Hmm? It's, it's my body, and it's female or male, so I'm male or a female. And it's my this or that. These mys, these desires, hmm? that's what differentiates us from one another, right? Makes us individuals, 
and, uh, and forms our personalities. The problem, of course, with this personality and this identity and this I is that nothing is ours. So the premise that something is mine that is, that is uh, foundational to the sense of I that arises about it, out of it is false. It's, it's like building a building without a, with, with a faulty foundation. Hmm? Even if it appears to go up and you become an important person, <laughs> it will all crumble. Hmm? This I cannot be sustained. It's not sustainable. But we, we, we make an effort to sustain it as if we are the sustainer. Hmm? If it is de- as if it is dependent upon us and that at the cost of other sustenance when you really look at it because as much as we hunt then we are being hunted hmm? in other words this I hmm, this false I based on a false sense of my when nothing is mine renting is not owning hmm? we are We've got borrowed borrowed time here, right? You know, Ayur Ayurved, Ayur Harati. Ayur means life. Harati means to take away. Ayur Harati by Pumsam. Everyone is included in this. Pumsam means everybody, all beings. Ayur Harati by Pumsam Udanastan Jayanaso. You ever watch the sunrise? Sunset, very beautiful. Hmm? It was quite fashionable when I was younger. Colors and all. We would augment the experience to some extent. But it has something more beautiful than the colors. Ayur harati vaipum samudjanastan chayanaso. With the rising, it means udjanastan chayanaso. means the rising and the setting of the sun. With the rising and the setting of the sun, this is beautiful. With the rising and the setting of the sun, everyone's life is being taken away. Oh, it didn't sound so beautiful anymore. <laughs> but it's beautifully profound. Hmm? A fellow said to me, Swami, the sun doesn't really rise and set, but the earth goes around like this. So your book is kind of old and dated. I said, Sir, the message is you're dying. That's what the book is saying. <laughs> it's not old. <laughs> your, your sense of self, it, it's passing hmm? before your eyes. And you're trying to stop it. This is the self-assertion that we were involved in, to be the sustainer, hmm? to be the nourisher, to be the supporter. And in order to do it, I have to take from others. I can do it with a blue collar or a white collar. Hmm? But as much as I... It is this sense of self derived from my sense of my that I'm trying to sustain, I have to be a taker. I cannot be a giver in the full sense of the term. Hmm? Because this sense of I is in need. It is, it is, it is, it is, it is it, under the threat of extinction. We are an endangered uh, species. Hmm? This I. Hmm? So there is a struggle as Darwin said, his, his, his half of his teaching, there is a struggle for existence. Hmm? 
Of course, the other half is it can be won humbly. Hmm? And that is by that magnetic flake, so to speak, in my analogy that we are, are that it, it cultures a, a negative charge rather than a positive charge. Because what happens? If you have a big magnet that's at the center, hmm? and it's positively charged, and then in the circumference is made up of so many flakes, magnetic flakes, hmm? if they all move in a positive way, what will happen? They will all be repelled. Hmm? But if the magnetic flake has a negative charge, it will be drawn to the center. Hmm? It will be sustained. It will be nourished. It will be supported. Hmm? And our lives will be effortless. Hmm? And this is what the difference between Leela and Karma. Hmm? Two words that require some explanation. Hmm? Karma is movement, action, that accrues a reaction. Karma is the movement that we engage in in pursuit of sustaining that I, that false I. Hmm? In order to do that, we have to take from the environment. Hmm? And so when you take, then you owe. Hmm? And off to work you go. Hmm? So it's, in de- it's a labor, <laughs> it's, a, it's a labor camp, <laughs> so to speak. Hmm? So this kind of movement is, is, is problematic. This kind of movement puts us in, in negative numbers. Hmm? Everyone knows that if you borrow money, let's say you borrow money for a mortgage to buy a house, then you get, say, let's say you get $100,000. So you, now you've got 100, you had zero there, and now you have 100000 hmm? Looks good on paper, as long as you don't read the fine print, which says, and you owe 600000 over 30 years. And, so, so actually, you've, you've, you've gone into negative numbers, right? Hmm? By the acquisition of that uh, loan hmm? and mortgage, you've gone into negative numbers. There's an appearance hmm? of positive gain, but, but it's looked at carefully, it's false. You've gone into negative numbers. Hmm? So our at efforts to sustain this, this uh, false eye, if you will, hmm? that amount to acquisition largely, Hmm? Uh, all this acquisition is, in, is, is putting us in debt hmm? and we're going rather than going, going up or even staying even we're going into negative numbers hmm? <coughs> for every bit we take we owe and, uh, and, and so we perpetuate hmm? life within this objective world hmm? as a unit of subjectivity identified with the objective world turning it on so to speak giving it meaning which it wouldn't which which wouldn't be there without us matter wouldn't matter unless it mattered to us or somebody like us hmm? you follow me hmm? consciousness has value consciousness has meaning and it posits meaning on matter, on the objective world, and brings it to life, so to speak. And then the show of material nature that, that's been turned on by us, we become enamored by, 
and try to live within that virtual world. Hmm? And sustain an eye within, within it and so forth. Hmm? But it's only a virtual world. It's so hard, to, it's, a very, it's easy to understand theoretically, somewhat, if you get a good explanation. But practically, to make a shift, that the real world is the subjective world. The objective world is, 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 is a false world. <laughs> it's hard for us. We say, oh, it's only in his mind. As if it was a, that was somehow less that was in your mind. The idea that mind could be more, that the subjective world could be more. Hmm? Certainly there are more possibilities. Right? In this world, you could find gold, you could find a mountain, but it would be hard to find a gold mountain. But in the subjective world, you can find a gold mountain. No problem. Am I right? Let's take another example. If I ask you to carry one of you, hmm, what's your name again? Marlon. Marlon? Marley? Marlon. Marlon. If I ask you, Marlon, please carry everything out of this room, one trip, you say, Swami, <laughs> you got any other requests? That's not possible. Hmm? So, no, no, you think further. Not, it, some way or other, you take it out. Hmm? So, rather than t- physically, you cannot take it. But mentally, well, it's possible. Let me sit, take inventory here, and I'll think, and I have to retain. It's possible, conceivable. You could retain in your mind everything that's in here and then go out with it. Then you'd have to write it down over there. <laughs> so I'm saying that, that the subjective world hmm, is more broad, more accommodating. More possibilities lie there than in the objective world. Indeed, the objective world only has a life because of consciousness reflecting on it, hmm? giving, positing meaning hmm? and value and so forth. Hmm? But then we get some, so caught up in that which we've turned on. Hmm? The television requires a viewer, which is more important. Hmm? But still people turn on the television and then they get stuck there, Right? They get stuck there. He was a real nice guy, and he turned into a couch potato. <laughs> what to do? That's how it works in dreams. You met, met a beautiful prince, and he turned into a, into a fire-eating demon or something. It happens in the real world, too. I mean, the objective world. I mean, the false world. <laughs> but things are always changing. Hmm? Endlessly in flux. Got to get a, get a firm grip. Hmm? Uh, uh, solid ground uh, to stand on. Hmm? The chairs are always moving and there's always one short. And that person leaves. Hmm? Again, we play the music. Again, the chairs. And there's one less. Hmm? So this um, realm, hmm? the physical realm, the objective realm, hmm? is not the real world. The subjective world is the real world. And the range of possibilities there are huge. Hmm? The prospect. Hmm? But in order to, 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 to appreciate that, we have to deconstruct the identity that has been formed out of, our, out of reposing ourselves in matter. 
Hmm? Whole identity is formed. So to deconstruct that. So if we want to have a relationship with the source, if we want to become like a negative magnetic flake and be attracted to the center, drawn in and nourished and supported and so forth, hmm? we have to understand the difference between a negative and the positive charge. The positive charge is I'm pushing, I'm sustaining, I'm maintaining, I'm the doer, hmm? I'm a taker. Hmm? And the negative charge is I'm a lover, I'm a giver. Hmm? Hmm? It's very different. I'm serving rather than the one who is to be served. Hmm? There's a saying, I think it's an old English saying, What is it? Rather to reign in hell than to serve in heaven. We should not think like that. <laughs> hmm. We characterized the same disposition differently last night when I said there's an American saying, real men don't ask questions. It means they're self asserting. Hmm? You know, that male ego, self-asserting, pushing, sustaining. Hmm? I'm the doer, and uh, we'll do it my way. And Hopefully men are changing, but, but men or women, it's, all, it's a problem for all of us. Hmm? It's called, we call it Purusha Bhav. You want Bhav? And I've never been to the, to the Bhakti Fests. There's a popular thing these days, Bhakti Fest. I've been doing Bhakti for... 40 years but never went to the Bhakti Fest it's a new thing <laughs> but I saw, saw someone showed me they have t-shirts that said be in the bhav <laughs> be in the bhav which bhav is that? <laughs> we call it purusha bhav purusha bhav means I'm the joy I'm the enjoyer I'm the center the center hmm? this is material consciousness this is the, the I that arises out of identification with the objective world. Hmm? And to change that from being the center, from being the enjoyer, to being to have a serving disposition, oh, it's so nice. Hmm? No one will have a problem with anyone who's a servant. <laughs> no one has a problem with such people. Hmm? It's very attractive. Hmm? To, 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 so this kirtan, this, what this is about, at its core, is trying to reverse out the charge from positive to negative and to convert us, so to speak, from an enjoyer, as a, a, a center-seeking uh, position for ourselves to a serving disposition. And it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. It's beautiful. It's the way to win the struggle for existence. You can win and be humbled by it. That's beautiful. You can conquer nature, but not not in Purushabhav. No matter how big your telescope, no matter how small your microscope, you not conquer nature. In Purushabhav, in other words, Purushabhav means trying to be the taker. Modern humanity is trying to dissect material nature 
get to the bottom of it, no rules here, rape her, pillage her, hmm? exploit her for what? For the eye between my ears, hmm? the sense of eye, hmm? which is so false. The world will be the servant of that. Nature will comply with that. Hmm? She will reveal all her secrets to such a person hmm? whose very methodology is offensive. What to speak of that their ideal is offensive. The methodology is offensive. Hmm? Rape and pillage the world, whatever. Hmm? Uh, and, it, the method, and then the purpose. For what purpose? For some small human sense of purpose, human-centric of some white people, you know? The whole of nature is going to cooperate with this? Hmm? This is absurd. No, she won't. Hmm? Well, she seems to be. We're getting pretty far. Hmm? That's like we're getting pretty far. Our goal is to touch the moon, and we've climbed a tree. We're much closer now. Hmm? This is the folly of modern humanity. To think, and it, for example, in the scientific community, we will, we will conquer nature. It is, you see, modern science w- wants to understand nature, but the purpose for understanding nature is a mentally conceived purpose of who I am and what I am. And we've talked about it already. Huh? It's not very well thought out. Hmm? So the f- data that you do get from nature then will be in, will be used in a particular way. Hmm? That's uh, it, it's not very friendly, <laughs> not environmentally friendly, not 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 friendly for anybody. Hmm? It's mean spirited, actually. It's problematic, hmm? and nature will it, it will it, it eternally elude the grasp hmm? of such a, a, an approach, hmm? and withhold her secrets. Hmm? We think, well, we're finding out so many things about nature, Swami. You're like living in some past with some dusty old books, you know. Poems that say the sun moves across the sky, back and forth. Hmm? These are different books. Hmm? They are also looking at the world, but from a very different angle. Hmm? For what purpose do they look at the world and examine it? Look at the purpose, the ideal. The ideal in mind is not to serve some human-centric small section of human society. Hmm? Uh, and, and their purpose at the cost even of other humans well-being hmm? no such a beautiful purpose in the Gita in the Bhagavad hmm? it takes a look at the world the natural world with a view to speak about it to think about it such that we can gain the insight into the subjective world hmm? And answer the question why hmm, in a comprehensive way that will satisfy you. Hmm. You know what the answer in the popular uh, face of modern science as to the why question is? Do you know what the answer they've, they've, they've conjectured? Hmm? They've guessed. The answer is there is no purpose. There is no meaning. Hmm? That's pretty satisfying. Hmm? And they're, and they're very bent on 
on, on, on demonstrating this purpose, that there's no purpose. You see? They are purpose-driven like everyone else. Hmm? Because consciousness has purpose. It has meaning. It has value. It is the center of value. All value comes from there. Hmm? And even while they say they have no purpose, they're so purpose-driven to demonstrate. There's no purpose. We've got to tell everybody. <laughs> Let them know. They're wasting their time. Hmm? Life has no meaning. You're wasting your time. Hmm? Let's have a debate. About what? I shall, de- I shall debate with a robot? Does that make sense? Why shall I show up? Hmm? That's the premise. Do you understand? Life is only atoms bumping up against one another like billiard balls on a pool table. Hmm? Of course, we would never expect them to say ouch at some point, but we do. We say ouch. Is that just a billiard ball in the form of a neuron touching another one, suddenly saying ouch? No, that's me. That's something else. There is a subjective world, and it's not reducible to matter, to the objective world. It is the real world of which the material world is the shadow only. As the subject moves, so does the shadow, and they never touch. How's that? How does consciousness move matter? How does the shadow move? You can't touch your shadow, but it can't move without you. Consciousness is the mover. We are of that nature, a spark of that. And it is the ground of being there hmm? on which not only can you stand firmly as you cannot hear because the rug is always being pulled out from under your feet, but you can also learn to dance there. Hmm? This kirtan is for that. It seeks to address this possibility to take us from negative numbers of karma hmm? to zero, which has a positive connotation in relation to negative numbers, Hmm? all the debt is finished the karma is over I'm not taking anymore I've come to zero I'm peaceful shanti, shanti, shanti but you know we need peace and love both Hmm? and love implies movement not sitting still movement we cannot rest until we find love and when we find love it has an, an orbit of its own Hmm? it's reckless and wild hmm? unpredictable but uh, uh, unforgettable and <laughs> and we cannot let go of it hmm? there's, a, there's a surety in it a certainty in it hmm? amidst all the uncertainty hmm? love is full of uncertainty and certainty at the same time isn't it hmm? full of excitement do you love me? You never say so. <laughs> I do. I do. I just don't show it. Hmm? What will happen next? Where will it go? Hmm? Hmm? Well, peace cannot be the goal. Hmm? Peace is required. Peace, well, I mean peace, by Peace means to stop the struggle for existence. Stop trying to maintain this I. Give it up. It cannot be sustained. It cannot be maintained. It's not possible. It's false eye. Give that up. It's so troublesome. Hmm? 
living under the oppression of the senses' demands, the mind's demands, which don't even agree with one another. My stomach has an urge to eat, so I eat, and I'm full. And the tongue says, I'm not yet finished. Hmm? It's a problem. Hmm? This way, we're being torn by masters who don't agree with one another in different directions. That's a struggle. Hmm? And to maintain that eye, we fight with others and so forth. Hmm? So to bring an end of all of this, this is to come from negative numbers to zero. The Buddha speaks about this. Empty. Hmm? No desire. Peaceful. Think about it. As soon as you want something, problem. As soon as you want something, you got a problem. You got to do something. You got to have it. Hmm? That's why, if you want to sit, that will depend how you walk. Hmm? You see, in yoga, we are interested in spiritual life. Hmm? That means it's a it, yoga. We should make it yoga. It's a lifestyle, something like that. Hmm? It's not something you do here and then something else there. Properly understood, that is, hmm? in the classical sense. As I began. It's for making a comprehensive solution to the problem of life. It's a whole lifestyle. Hmm? How you walk will determine how well you can sit. If you walk in pursuit of things, then when you sit, you'll want to use them. <laughs> they have you get them, and then they have then they, then they have their own needs, so to speak. Hmm? You have to, and if you lose them, oh, then you definitely can't sit. Hmm? I worked so hard to get that and now it's gone now I can't sit hmm? and think about myself what am I and I'm not a thing the best things in life are not things hmm? Hmm. that's why it's so difficult to talk about consciousness because it's not a thing it's not part of the objective world do you follow me? How do we define things by comparing them to other things as a frame of reference? There's nothing like consciousness in the objective world. There's no experience in the objective world. Experience is the, sub, consciousness is the seat of subjective experience, hmm? the theater of experience. Well, it's good to move from negative numbers to zero. Patanjali advocates Chitta Vritti Nirodha. You know it. Chitta Vritti Nirodha. Vritti means like if you were to use a, an, an aquatic kind of uh, an aqua example. If you, have a, if you come to the forest and you find a beautiful pond, it's still placid, still. Just think of the image for a minute. It brings some peace of mind. Just still. Hmm? Beautiful pond in the, in, the, in the middle of the forest you found. Peaceful, still. Hmm? And then some, somebody comes and starts throwing rocks in it. Throw stone here, stone there. Oh, the whole thing is ruined. All these little waves crisscrossing with one another. And it's disturbing. Hmm? It has a different effect. If you can 
project the, the imagery. Hmm? So these little ways they like we call vrittis, vrittis. Hmm? In the chitta, there are vrittis. It means the chitta is the, is that within within our mm, subtle body that that uh, that mediates our experience of the objective world. Hmm? It, it mediates the experience between consciousness and gross matter, this chitta. So we, we have a reflection of what the world's like. What it's really like, that's a whole other thing. Who knows? Hmm? You know, according to physics, there's, there's mostly just space here. There are no hard bodies. And they don't really touch one another. Hmm? It used to be thought, movement is only possible by contact. When Newton discovered gravity, they thought, oh, the guy's become an occultist. How can two physical bodies move one another without touching? That's what the, the contemporaries of Newton thought. Oh, he's gone back into the occult. We, we are trying to move beyond the superstition hmm? with the controlled experiment and uh, know how things really work and so forth. That was the thinking. Hmm? They still, you still today, nobody can measure a, gra- a gravitational wave. You can measure what it does, but it itself, you can't measure it itself, gravity proper. But we all accept it. Hmm? It means even bodies are not touching one another. It appears like this. But by gravitational forces and electromagnetic forces, there's, there's some kind of, some kind of content. What's, what's going on out, th- out there? Hmm? It's not like it looks. Hmm? It's different. Hmm? And we're different from the whole show, being subjective. So when the chitta reflects the world, an image of the world comes, it, it creates a vritti in the, in the lake, if you will, of our consciousness. And, it's, and these vrittis, they conflict with one, and it's disturbing. Hmm? so to speak. We're agitated. We, we, we move according to those images. Hmm? And as we move according to the images, we develop tendencies, some scars, habits formed in youth are difficult to change. For a long time we've been doing this. How long? Anadi. Anadi. Means that no beginning. Hmm? But there can be an end. Hmm? You will cry to know this. When you just get a glimpse of this from Kirtan, you can, you can get a glimpse and you will cry to know it's over, it's ending. Hmm? All this disturbance, hmm? this I, it's all, he's dying and I'm killing him and it's okay because hmm? he was an imposter hmm? to begin with, this ego. Hmm? And you will cry, oh, what kind of peace, like that lake. No waves, peaceful. Hmm. But now another idea comes, and this is from Kirtan. Kirtan is an anga of bhakti. Anga means limb, like a limb, like my arm is a limb of my body. So in Sanskrit, the body would be the angi, and my arm would be the anga. This other arm would be another anga. So there are limbs of the, and then there's the body. So there are bodies of spiritual practice. 
classical yoga, uh, for example, of Patanjali, is, is, a, is a particular body of practice. And it has its angas. Yama, niyama, asana, hmm? prachahar, dharana, dhyan, samadhi. It has its brahmacharya. Hmm? These are the yamas and the yamas. That's the most popular one, of course. Um, celibacy, it means. Hmm? It's part of yoga. You know that. Most people, I'm sure you know it, but just as there are angas that make up the body of yoga, so, for example, there's gyan. Gyan is another spiritual body of spiritual practice, and there are angas that make it up. And so there is bhakti. Bhakti is another school. All these three schools I mentioned, their objective is similar. They want to dis, dis, deconstruct the false eye. Heart surgery. Hmm? Deconstruct, nothing is yours. Hmm? So it, it's, it's, they have different ways. Some of them are more user-friendly than others. How to do that. The bhakti way of deconstructing the eye is particularly friendly, user-friendly, hmm? comparatively, actually. Hmm? I'll tell you how in a minute. Um, but not only that, they all have something in common, but they all have, they are different. The, uh, they have a nuanced differences in terms of their objective. Hmm? They all seek penetration into the subjective world, into transcendence, into the transnational and transnatural realm. Hmm? But their tra- trajectory into the world is different dependent upon, well, the trajectory on, 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 the, on, the, on the practice itself. And so there are important differences in the practice that translate out into different experiences. Hmm? The general experience that's common to all of them is the deconstruction of the false eye. And this is beautiful because then you could love your neighbor like yourself. Hmm? You understand? Because you see no difference between yourself and another self, you see we are all consciousness. We are all constituted of the ground of being, and it's very gratifying. Hmm? That's pretty kind of warm and fuzzy. We could all get along on that. But, but, the, but, but we would not be at the same time very clearly distinguished from one another. Hmm? We would merge into a, into a ground of being that's hmm? peaceful, but kind of alone hmm? at the same time. So in bhakti, you see, it's real nice because you can have friends. Hmm? This is bhakti. Because bhakti says that when we move from the false eye, deconstruct it, hmm? see our friends to have been enemies, actually, hmm? deconstruct the, the mind and the senses, we come to this ground of being, and then we learn to dance on the ground of being. In the in that within that world, if you will, the subjective world, we find the significant other, hmm? and engage in a union that is dynamic. That means a union in which two become one and remain two at the same time. That's what happens in love. Think about it. In love, two become one. 
and remain too. I mean, that doesn't make any sense, but neither does love. Hmm? It knows no reason, and for good reason. Because reason alone will never satisfy us. Reason alone will never give a full meal. Hmm? Reason can never shed light entirely on that which is self-luminous. Consciousness is sat and chit. Sat, it endures. Because it's not reducible to matter, it's not constrained by time and space. It means it's always been, always will be. Hmm? It's chit also. It's sat, it's chit. It means it's self-luminous. It sheds light, it's luminous and, and illuminates other things. We are the illuminator. Hmm? We illuminate the body. We illuminate the mind and intelligence. How will intelligence or reason illuminate us? Hmm? Intelligence should be used. Hmm? But in a particular way. Hmm? It's not the God hmm? that we shall fall before. Reason was circular, never, never conclusive. Tarko pratishtanat. By reasoning, you never get anywhere unto itself. Now, reasoning in conjunction with, with revelation, with sounds from, from the Upanishads, from the Gita, that's another thing. Hmm? They will help push us in the direction as to the limits of reason. Hmm? And then the, the, the sense, the urgency, the necessity for a transrational way of moving. Hmm? Just like this chanting. It's not a rational exercise. Uh-oh. <laughs> what are we doing here? So, no. There's something more than reason is the point. Hmm? This is a heart exercise. And we should only use our head to soften our heart. Hmm? That the heart might lead. Hmm? This idea of bhakti. So in bhakti, there's a merger with the source, but the merger is dynamic, like in love. So now we're speaking, we spoke a little bit about the sat, the chit component, the atma of the self. It's, inter- it's eternal, it's self-luminous, means being, knowing, and what else? Loving. Shouldn't leave that one out. Ananda. There's the very purpose of the real self, of the atma, the soul, of consciousness. It's purpose. It has a purpose to love. And love, again, is a union hmm? where two become one and remain two. You can't think about it too much. Hmm? Something you've got to do. Hmm? So the kirtan, as I said, is not a form of entertainment. It's a glorification. Hmm? And so it's a glorification of another, not just anyone, but one who is most worthy of, of, of attention, of glorification. Just to use my body as an example, there's one part of my body that deserves all the food. Wait a minute, every part deserves. Yes, that's true. But you've got to put it all in one place for it to go everywhere else. You have to put it in the stomach, <coughs> Right? then the stomach can do what no other part can do. It can transform that food in such a way that every single part of the body is nourished. If the tongue and the hand get together and say, you know, I don't, I'm tired of putting this in, in the stomach. I'll give you half, 
and I'll keep half. How's that? Hmm? This is a failed policy. Hmm? That center of the circumference that I was talking about, in a bodily example, the stomach is the center. Hmm? The food should go there. Every part of the body is working to serve the stomach. Hmm? Either to feed food to it or to assist it in its work of digesting and distributing the energy everywhere. Hmm? So kirtan means about this, offering food to Krishna. To the, Krishna means the center. It's two syllables, but it's a very nice way of describing the center. It means all attractive. Hmm? That which is all attractive. Hmm? That which is, means, means like that magnet. Hmm? Just draw. Who, who, who is the, really the center and sustainer hmm? and in the act of being the center uh, sustains all the, mm, uh, the entire uh, circumference hmm? it sounds a little draconian at first one person will be, one will be the center everyone will serve hmm? But the nature of the center said that uh, if you, you see, if you're controlled by love, it's not a problem. If I control you physically, that'll be a problem. Tie you up, that'll be a problem. If I control you mentally, that'll be more of a problem. You might not even know you're being controlled. Your friend will have to say, you've got to get away from him. He's bad for you. He's manipulating you. Hmm? It's more subtle. But if I could control you by love, that's not a problem. Because if I control you by love, hmm, then you will also control me. You know, that's the nature of love. Hmm? If you love me, then how can I not love you? <laughs> so, when we speak of Krishna, we speak about the center. Who controls by love, by affection, by beauty, by charm? Hmm? And kirtan, satatam kirtayam tomam. Kirtan is an anga of the body of the spiritual practice called bhakti. It's not an anga of yoga. It's not an anga of jnana. Hmm? I mean, you could do it, but it's actually an anga of the body of, of bhakti. Hmm? And it makes sense, because it's about glorifying another. So there's a dualism here. Hmm? Getting beyond the, 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 the duality of mind hots and colds, happies and sads, on the ground of non-duality, there's a duality within that that is love, that is a, that is a oneness and a, and a duality at the same time, interpenetrating one another. This is bhakti. So kirtan is a practice that speaks not only of, in its beginning stages, of doing away with the karmic debt, cleansing the chitta, doing away with the vrittis hmm, in the chitta, making the lake peaceful. But then what it does, it doesn't just sit there and observe the peaceful pond. It starts throwing stones in the pond. Wait a minute, that was a problem. No. This case is not a problem because every stone is thrown in the exact same place. What happens? You throw them all in the same place. Then these concentric ripples go out. First you had a pond that was peaceful. That's good. Hmm? Now you have a pond that's moving, but it's moving harmoniously. 
and you start to move with it. Oh, that's nice. I kind of like that. Hmm? From peace, which was required because of moving in war, <laughs> trying to sustain my eye, and struggling with others, watching my back, hmm? and so forth. Hmm? To peace. That's good. But now there's movement also, but it's a different kind of movement. This is Leela. From karma to Leela. Leela's movement out of fullness, not out of emptiness, out of need. I must have, I've got to get, I'm, I might die, I'm an endangered species. No, I'm so full hmm, that I need to move and express it. Hmm? And it's effortless. This is love. Love is a kind of movement out of fullness, not out of emptiness. Hmm? So this kirtan, you see, it's a, it's a moving kind of yoga. Hmm? It's a moving kind of yoga. Then the deity of kirtan is dancing. The deity of yoga, Brahman, is not moving because Brahman is everywhere. If you're everywhere, how can you move? You can't. You're already everywhere. Brahman is still. By yoga, we can become still and peaceful. Hmm? But now, if something is everywhere and starts moving, that is extraordinary. How is that possible? Hmm? That is the way of love. In love, faults become ornaments. All contradictions are resolved. Hmm? Hmm? You understand? Bhakti means from negative numbers of karma to the zero of the Buddha to positive numbers up to 108 million and eight hmm? and Krishna is dancing hmm? Brahman is full why move if you're full Krishna is moving I said last night he's running on empty Krishna is Brahman Brahman means that's what it means you cannot say anything about it Brahman everything consciousness Everywhere, nowhere not, the underlying ground of being, our objective world, just like mushrooms popping up for a short time and going away. Huh? We're thinking it's the real, it's real important over here. No. The real world is, is peaceful, Brahman, but there's movement in Brahman too. What kind of movement is that? Hmm? What do I mean? Krishna is Brahman, running on empty. Hmm? Krishna is, is Brahman. Moving, how, under what influence? Under the influence of Radha. What is Radha? She is Bhakti. Hmm? There's a little Radha in every Bhakta. Hmm? Ladini. Hmm? And this Bhakti makes, makes Brahman move. Hmm? If you approach <laughs> in love, then all the secrets will be revealed. I said in modern science, we approach, we try to conquer the world. It's not very mean. It's not very nice. Hmm? Bring it in the fist of our intellect. Understand it. Conquer it. All the secrets will be held. No. She will never reveal. Hmm? But if you approach with love, if you love someone, then they will tell you all the secrets. Hmm? Nature will show you, I have a soul and it's you. 
and what possibilities lie in the subjective world that you are you are a child of that soil of the subjective world what possibilities lie there there's peace there and there's love there hmm? and that love means movement hmm? that means brahman must move hmm? that is krishna that is lila hmm? that is very different from karma you may see the picture of krishna depicted in art or drama or in music playing the flute means he has nothing to do he has nothing to do who has nothing to do is full hmm? complete hmm? but at the same time doing something what is that another goal of yoga the sutras of patanjali omniscience you know in yoga you want to know everything you can know all your inner organs and organize them hmm? cause them to do things and so forth the, the body is a macro, microcosm of the, of the macrocosm in yoga, ashtanga yoga and you can sit and you can, you're good at it you can do everything you can, you can cure your internal organs and so forth hmm? complete control hmm? of the body and the mind the psychic and physical dimensions of our material self, complete control of that. So this idea, omniscience, all-knowing, this is another side of God, the Godhead. Peaceful, full, quiet, still, and that's being. And then knowing, all-knowing, omniscience. That sounds interesting. I could be and I could know. Hmm? I mean, really know. What, what do you know? I just know. It's like that. I cannot speak about it. Words would be, it would be profane to try to address it with words. I have a knowing. Hmm? This is the experience. Hmm? You ha- and you have to go there. Then you can know. Hmm? So knowing, but as I said, there's another aspect of the Atma. Anandam, joy, love. So these, the Gyan Marg is for Brahman, Yoga Marg is for Paramatman, omniscience. Hmm? Bhakti Marg for loving. Hmm? The path of Bhakti for loving. Hmm? And the omniscient Godhead, what is Leela? Leela is like this. Leela means play. What is the problem with omniscience? We just said it sounds good, I could know everything. But omniscience is problematic because if you know everything, then you can't do anything because you already know what's going to happen. As soon as you start, I already know. (laughs) You're frustrated. So knowing everything also means to be still. But knowing everything is boring because there's nothing to do. So you have to play. That is called Leela. This Leela is an extension of the omniscience of the Godhead. Hmm? All-knowing is good, but it has its limitations, hmm? as I'm explaining. So, resolve the limitations. I will play. I will play. Hmm? And when God plays, plays hard. Hmm? And Krishna means 
it means this, the God that is lost in play, lost and found hmm? in a kind of unknowing that is, constitutes greater knowing than omniscience because it's more fulfilling, hmm? more satisfying. We said earlier, we don't just know to know. We know to be happy. Hmm? So in bhakti, Bhagawan is depicted in this way, simply playing, nothing to do. He who has nothing to do has all power. He says, if you want to play, you need to take a vacation, you want to play, you have to have a, you know, built up some power, some days off, some money in the bank, then you can play for a little while, then back to work. Hmm? So if you look at the Hindu pantheon of all the gods and goddesses, Everybody's got something to do. Hmm? Even Shiva has something to do. He's meditating. Something to accomplish. Huh? But Krishna has nothing to do. Hmm? Nothing to do. This is the center. This is the heart. Hmm? All the gods and goddesses, they have their place. But one, one depicts the heart. Hmm? And he's playing. And they... On the, and, 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 and the what orchestrates the play, what, what drives the play, hmm? that is bhakti. Hmm? That is love. And Radha means the personification of that bhakti. And if a little bhakti comes in you, a little Radha, then you can enter into the play of Bhagavan. Then you can go from negative numbers to positive numbers. Then you can realize the full potential of the Atma. And I'll end with this. The Atma is a unit of consciousness, Satchirananda. Being, knowing, and loving. Hmm? But it's also apparent to us that it has the potential to be a person. That's more, that's something other than being. You could be, but not be a personality with different, personality means differences. Hmm? Individuality. You could be, but just be. Hmm? When we see the Atma, in relation to the to matter, hmm? a material environment, there are choices. Hmm? Because Atma is, is alive, it has will, then it makes choices and a personality forms around it. We already described that's a false personality. Because hmm? it's choosing in relation to things that don't endure. Hmm? So it, the, the personality that derives from that won't endure. But my point only is this. That the Atma, while it's being, knowing, and loving, hmm, it has the potential to be a person, which is very interesting. Now, if you take, remove the material environment, it becomes still. It just becomes being, knowing, and it loves itself because it's, it's what it is. Hmm? But now if you provide a spiritual environment, and this is what Bhakti does. Bhakti provides a spiritual environment hmm, where there are choices Hmm? then the opportunity to exercise the will in such a way that a spiritual personality can arise hmm? in consciousness and one can be a participant, if you will, in the play of God. Hmm? And kirtan is for this. Therefore, you study it and see for yourself. Ganesh, you know who's Ganesh? He never asks, please do kirtan for me. Hmm? Kali, 
read all the texts about Kali, she doesn't say, can you please chant my name? Hmm? It's not, but Krishna says, he describes, what are my devotees? What do they do? Satatam kirtayantomam. They're always chanting about me. That's what. Kirtan, hmm? in the full sense of the term, we can do it anyway, but for the full sense of the term, it is for Krishna. It is, for, it is part of Vishnu Bhakti. Shravanam kirtanam, Vishnu smaranam parasevanam artanam bandhanam dasyam sakyam atmani vedanam. These are the limbs of bhakti, the angas of bhakti. For first and foremost, that is kirtanam. Hmm. It's part of the bhakti hmm, itself. Vishnu bhakti. Vishnu means Krishna avatar, Ram, Nasinga, Vamana. Hmm. Krishna avatar. And Krishna is too Bhagavan Sayam. Hmm. All the manifestations of, uh, of Vishnu. Hmm. Krishna is the source. And most lending as depicted for loving. That's undeniable. Hmm? It's a beautiful thing. I mean, it's good to know. Hmm? In Krishna, you can love in so many ways. Isn't it? Hmm? <coughs> so, kirtayam kirtayantum. He says, kirtan, that is for me. Hmm? The full, and, and this we call, as we did it, then for example, this Hare Krishna chanting, this is Sankirtan. Hmm? Sankirtan, Sang means Samyak, complete. Hmm? It means with a group, and it also means in a comprehensive way. Hmm? It means a full giving. If you want to give your heart completely hmm? through the medium of Kirtan, you have to give it to someone who can take completely. That is the idea of Krishna. Therefore, he's depicted as complete enjoyer. Hmm? But as he enjoys, of course, that is all digested and sent everywhere else. Hmm? So in this kirtan, very nourishing activity, hmm? very popular these days, and um, very much um, made popular by our tradition some 500 years back to the person of Sri Chaitanya. There's a time in India about 500 years ago when kirtan started to become very popular as a reaction to a, a religious, monop- religious kind of monopoly hmm? uh, where it was thought that in order to have union with God you have to become a, a sannyasin and take a certain type of birth and so many things. People felt, that eh, seems a little... God's a little closer to us than that. And so many sects began a form of kirtan, like 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 uh, Guru Nanak, Tukaram, uh, uh, Mirabai, um, yeah, so many, Ganeshwar, all doing kirtan. Hmm? And say, but this, but by the logos, by the name, hmm? God will be known. Hmm? First there was the name, the word, and the word was one. The power in the name of God, this idea, became very popular. And amongst all the different schools of kirtan, this Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, around whom our school is, is founded, hmm? who did a kirtan like this with this drum made of clay, these hand symbols only, hmm? he developed a whole school of kirtan, hmm? Nam Dharma, a Dharma of the name. Hmm? And he would chant 
and people he would he would he would he would weep hmm? in such a way that everyone surrounding within ten feet would be bathed. Hmm? The measure of the transformation of ecstasy hmm, derived from the name of Krishna that he exhibited is is what drives our whole lineage. Hmm? The pursuit of that, the possibility of this. You want to be happy? Hmm? This kind of happiness the world had never seen. Hmm? In all the religious history of the world, hmm, this is a historical fact, in all the religious history of the world, amongst the Rumis, Teresas, um, Ramana Maharshis and so forth, all great and realized people. The extent to which ecstasy was exhibited involuntarily hmm, in the objective world to be seen, as it was in the person of Chaitanya, is not exceeded by anyone. And the means to the madness, the method of his madness, was this chanting of the name of Krishna. It has such efficacy, such power hmm, for transformation that. Um, that, uh, that it's the driving force behind my, my speaking here and coming here. Thank you very much for listening. Any question? Uh, yes. Really appreciating the quote you were saying that we use the head to soften the heart. You do that, please. I was wondering if you could explain. It seems like we use the intelligence rules and regulations to get to a point of spontaneous love for Krishna. So I wonder if you could delineate that process, how we can move to primarily being on a platform where our heart is like dictating our movement. Yeah, well, one thing that we have to avoid is that an un, 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 what I call an unholy alliance between the intelligence and the mind and senses. Hmm? This is unholy. Intelligence, we say that humans are, what do we say? Intelligent animals, or something? What do they say? Rational, Rational animals. Hmm? That means they're 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 different than the other animals because they have reason. But if their reason is used only for animal purposes, then there's not much difference, hmm? except that they become a more dangerous animal. Hmm? So let's say, for example, my senses say, "I think that feels good," and my mind goes, "Go for it." Hmm? But my intelligence says, "Oh, yeah, but it's not good for you." not good for you. Hmm? That's what it should say. And then we should go, right. Hmm? It's a soft voice, but I should... I heard it. Okay. Hmm? This, this is what intelligence is for. But if intelligence becomes corrupted and makes an unholy alliance with the mind and senses, then when the senses go, I'd like to... I thought that, that, that feels good. The mind says, well, go for it. You know, like, yeah. Then the intelligence says gets in bed and figures out how to do it. Hmm? This is a wrong use of intelligence. How to go about it. Hmm? I mean, it might be good if it's good for you, but it, when it starts doing things that aren't good for you, and instead of being the voice that says, hold on, be reasonable, don't be an animal. Hmm? Okay, there's a place for it, but not in the mall. <laughs> you know, you just jump on her. You know, no. That's not a good idea. So, the, the, this, this supposed to, the, the rational out rationality is, this is supposed to distinguish us from the wild, hmm? separate us a little bit. So, we're supposed to, be, as humans, we're supposed to speak the language of reason, logic, and so forth. Hmm? But only hmm, so that, to the extent that, to promote 
speaking the language of love. Hmm? Guru has to speak both languages, language of love and translate it into the language of reason. Try to articulate and explain that which is beyond thought, beyond language, which is love. It's beyond thought. Because love, as I said earlier, knows no reason. Hmm? And I wanted to say I love you, it's an old song, but the words got in the way. Hmm? You see? <laughs> so, so, so intelligence has, our reasoning has a use, and Bhakti seeks to exhaust it entirely. Hmm? Therefore, we have this kind of these kind of explanations, which are they, they do challenge. They are. I, mean, I realize. I mean, I speak in a way that may challenge your your intellect, and the vocabulary is different, and so forth. And so, you have to get used to that, and uh, try to if you're interested. And, uh, and so, but, but so, so you use the intellect to understand the kind of the, the kind of mathematical canvas on which the art and the music of bhakti is drawn. Hmm? that plays out in the form of lila. So just like in music, there's math underneath music. In, in art, there's math underneath on the canvas. This is called Vedanta, hmm? then, in the way I'm using it. Vedanta. Bhakti Vedanta. Let hmm? there be bhakti, which means love, but on a ground of Vedanta. Hmm? Because if it's not grounded on Vedanta, hmm, then it's just some sentiment and... Uh, hmm? It won't, won't take you anywhere. Hmm. So you use your this how you use your intelligence spiritually. This is what you're asking to soften your heart. You you use it in this way. You use it to understand this, the kind of the, the scriptural argument, if you will, the ongoing discussion of, of these sounds in Revelation, what they mean, what the implications of them are, in different time and circumstance, and how they play themselves out. You use it for that. Hmm. And how you use it for that. Use it in such a way as to acquaint yourself with the teaching hmm? and with a view to when a particular aspect of the teaching really hits and goes, yes, oh, I know that, that's true. Then you have to make that part of your heart. Hmm? So because there's a risk when you, when you use your intellect to understand the teaching, to, to be engaged in an intellectual sleight of hand where you just gain some information and you regurgitate it. Other people haven't heard it and they think it's cool and you're sitting up there thinking, well, that's, I'm really cool. Uh, that's not a good idea. <laughs> that's not a good idea. Hmm? Indeed, when you speak, you should learn. Hmm? When you speak like this, you should learn. Hmm? From such a nice audience like you, listening, trying to understand... And I see that, I feel that. Hmm? Then I say something that I've never said before. And I think, that's interesting. We're learning. Hmm? And you're all helping me and growing. And we're all students forever. Hmm? Such is the nature of the subject. Hmm? But if you gather the information, it's not information gathering. There's a purpose. You have to, as I said, you have to use your head to soften your heart so it can't stay in the head hmm? it has to go to the heart it won't all go to the heart right away but some of it will trickle down hmm? and you'll know at that point he said that she said that what she said that was really true I gotta do that then you gotta do that hmm? you have to make that foundational block in the house in the temple in your heart 
that you're building. This is the hard work. This is the heavy lifting. Hmm? Hmm. That help? Yes. Very good. <laughs> so when we say mind and senses, then the intelligence has to control, not control, but help to have the discriminatory power. What are the tools and techniques to really make intelligence stronger so it doesn't get entangled with mind and senses? <coughs> How do you make intelligence spiritually strong? Yeah. Hmm. This is the question. Hmm. Yes. You have to exercise the, the intelligence spiritually. You have to exercise it. So, for example, um, it requires intelligence to read the Bhagavad Gita. You know the Bhagavad Gita, right? At the end of the Bhagavad Gita, it says, Krishna says in Gita, and one who studies this conversation hmm, between myself and Arjuna, and the implication of the Sanskrit there is in every way, from every angle, from all sides, hmm, constantly finding new and new meanings, that person worships me by their intellect. Hmm? Do you understand? This is a spiritual exercise for the intellect then. That will make the intellect as a guide. Hmm? It will spiritualize the intellect so that it will always guide me in terms of the call, the dictates of my mind and senses. And how will that work out? It, it, will, it will guide me in such a way that my mind and my senses will always be focused on sense objects that promote within me experience of myself. What kind of sense objects are those? What are the sense objects? There's sounds, there's forms that we see, there are things that we hear, right? There are smells. So the sound, smell, sight, things that we touch with our tactile sense. Hmm? When we touch these things, we see these things, there are portals, these senses, so to speak, that we go into the world and we identify with the things, and there we are, hmm? thinking they're mine or wishing they were or wanting to get rid of them or whatever may be the case. Hmm? So bhakti, I said earlier, was very user-friendly. This is an example of that. Hmm? So you use the ears to hear. And you hear like these kind of discussions. Go to sadhusanga, satsanga for hearing. For hearing kirtan. Hmm? Right? You use the, 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 the tongue, like in bhakti, then. We are vegetarians. We prepare the food first in yoga, in ritual. We offer it to Krishna, Radha and Krishna. Then we take it. This is a very interesting idea because eating is the basis of our material existence. We eat to live. If you don't eat, you won't live. So, of course, to eat, you have to take, kill, and on some level. So at the very core of what fosters and sustains or tries to our material existence, we uproot that. We learn how to eat in such a way that it will promote the, the awakening, the arising of our atma. So with your tongue, with your belly, with your ears, with your eyes, there's ways in which that you, you can use them only in relation to spiritual sense objects. And they will promote the experience of the self. Does that help? It's like the beautiful form of Krishna in the temple. It's beautiful to see with eyes. 
Hmm? In time, you see more what you can see. As the heart changes, you see more. You will start to enter into the world of ritual. Hmm? You will see the impossible from a material, objective point of view. You will see the movement of the deity. The deity will talk, hmm? play the flute, and you will hear it and think, I'm a gopi, I should go. <laughs> All these possibilities. It's magical. Hmm? What else? I think that's a long discussion. Huh? <laughs> you have important things to do, I'm sure. So I do appreciate your time and uh, the opportunity again to, to, to speak here. It's very uh, kind of you to host us. And I uh, hope to visit Chicago again in the future. Thank you very much.